the authority, passionate, magnetic, alpha, commanding, influencing, inspiring, persistent, positive, driven, successful. This is who we are as pros. This is Turning Pro Academy, your number one resource for creating the business, lifestyle, and freedom you want. Learn to build an epic life with the no BS, proven online business mastery. The real world advice and strategies used by the world's best so that you can live your dream. Welcome to the Turning Pro Academy, where I give you the advice along with the world's best to turn you from the average Joe into a pro that truly uses what works and reaps the reward of a world-class business and lives a first-class lifestyle. Now, in this episode, I am absolutely about to rock your world because this is all about booming your consulting or your coaching or your training business. And I've brought on with me an absolute legend in my eyes, James Tramco. Now, we delve into what's needed for you to grow a successful and consulting service-based business, how to create killer content that's actually going to get you raving fans, and some really deep insight that is from a world-class marketer that has himself multiple booming businesses. Now, the actions and the lessons you're going to learn are going to make a huge difference because as James is one of the major influences with myself to growing multiple growing companies. So get ready to start jotting some notes down because your brain will be on fire after this. And firstly, importantly, head to turningproacademy.com as I'm getting some raving reviews from the online training workshop that I'm absolutely dishing out for free. It's all about how to double your clients and online income. So test it out, use it, tell me what you think. I want to hear from you. And importantly, another way I want to hear from you is head on over to iTunes. I want to get a review from you. This is going to help spread the word of the Turning Pro Academy. And I want you, because you've joined, you've joined the revolt that is the Turning Pro Academy, and I want you to help step up others to the mark. So go on over to iTunes, leave me a review, give me your honest feedback. Now, I really want to make sure that you're going to do something after this episode, and this is what truly counts, because I see so many people skipping from podcasts to videos to content to courses, you name it. And the biggest thing they're not doing, why they're failing, why they're not moving forward, they're not executing, they're not taking action, and they're not making it happen for themselves. So what I want you to do from this episode and everything else that I'm giving out, the most important part is execute, pull the trigger, and take action for yourself. It's not that hard, because once you finally step up to the mark and do it, you are going to see the results. So strap yourself in, let's get ready with James. James, thank you very much, mate, for coming on to the Turning Pro Academy podcast. I really appreciate you taking your time out for myself and the listener. I'm really pumped up to have you here because you have had personally a huge impact for myself building the businesses that I have. So I know you're going to be able to um, give some wisdom out for the listener and to get them pulling their finger out and taking some action that's really going to create the result they're looking for. So thank you, James. My pleasure. Thanks, Chris. I'd just love for you to give your own spiel. I don't really give the spiel on the guests. So you can have, say, 30 seconds 
tell the listener who you are, James, and why you're so phenomenal. <laughs> that's that's a pretty hard one, uh, especially that last bit. I've got an online business called Superfast Business. I help other businesses with their online marketing. I've got coaching services and we also build websites and we do SEO. But before all of that, I used to run a Mercedes-Benz dealership as a general manager. So my real story is transitioning from working for someone else to starting my own online business and growing it into the multi-million dollar business that it is today. And a lot of the things that I teach and talk about are the things that I've put into play in my own business that have worked not just for me, but also for students. And I'm seeing the results happen over and over again. And I'm pleased they're also working for you, Chris. No, absolutely. They're working absolutely gangbusters, James. There's no doubt about that. So I think the best place for us to start is your concept that you have called own the race course has been something that I really sunk my teeth into when I really pulled my finger out and got it going. And the results were phenomenal straight off the bat. So could you give the listener, but what is own the race course? How did you come about the OTR concept and where do you think the power really comes from with it? So the OTR concept, Own the Race Course, it's kind of a saying that this um, crazy boss I used to have really drummed into me and it was all about control and it's about owning your own assets. Uh, So in the online context, it's building your platform and for most people, that's your website on a domain that you control and that's where you put your best stuff and then you use other people's websites and things like your email list to magnify that. And a common mistake that people make, especially marketers when they're starting out, is they'll just take the easy option of perhaps setting up a Facebook page or a YouTube channel and they'll put all their best stuff there. And then one day, the platform might come along and say, oh, actually, you know what, uh, we don't allow uh, fitness topics on this platform, so we've closed your account. And overnight, these businesses go bust. So it's not putting your assets on other people's platforms. It's creating your own race course. If you think about an actual race course, you know, some horses will win on the day, some will lose, some will get put down, Um, some bookies will make money, other bookies will lose money. You know, the hot dog store might make a profit, they might make a loss depending if the staff turn up. But the person who owns the race course is getting a toll from every person who comes through. They're going to get paid no matter which horse wins the race. So it's hosting that platform and it's really an exercise in control and it's a way of thinking about strategically, let's do the best we can with our content for us and then we'll use these other sites to bring people back to our site. I think it's phenomenal. I think it was a great point that you touched upon, especially with Facebook. I, I really see a trend in the fitness industry being people solely focusing on, say, their followings with Facebook and how that actually doesn't turn into, and especially dealing with so many of my clients now that um, at the top of their game in the fitness industry, but that doesn't equal monetization. That doesn't equal them actually building their business through the followings of their Facebook. It, it's so much deeper, and that's we've touched upon so well, obviously having your own platform and bringing everyone back to that and then being able to build the relationships and the business from there. Yeah. And a lot of this idea comes around farming where you want to grow and nurture your customers. So think of it like an orchard where you've established this world-class orchard, you're growing the most incredible produce and people flock to it they'll come and see what it's all about and occasionally you put a box of fruit out there in other marketplaces to show people what's available but they you know you've always got your brand on the box and people come back to the orchard because that's where they get the good stuff i think it's great now one thing that came to mind actually just before we hopped on this call was 
Pareto's law. And is something that you really honed in on a presentation that I saw you do was obviously how 6% of your effort equals to over 50% of your results. So I would love to know what you think the common thread is with what entrepreneurs need to be focusing that 6% on. Right. So, you know, if you, if you 80-20 the 80-20 the because it's fractal, yeah, it means that 4% of the stuff you're doing gets 64% of the results. So what are those things? I think it's uh, focusing on the customer relationship. Putting that customer in the center of your business is a really important thing. And so many people are quick to go and look for new customers, but kind of ignore the customer they've already got. Uh, if you want examples of that, telephone companies, banks, etc., they're so focused on attracting new customers, they sort of ignore the good customers they've got. So it's about having great interaction programs with your existing customers and having those people so happy with what you're doing that they go and refer other people just because you're making a good supply for them, that, that you're really solving their problems, you make them feel that they're getting great results. So you've set up ways for them to acknowledge that. And that means you don't have to spend as much on advertising or attracting new customers because the customers you've got will stick around. And one thing that's vital is to somehow figure out how you can have recurring subscriptions Mm. in your business. If you can figure out a way to get paid over and over again to solve a problem on a sustained basis, that is the key for a really profitable business. You cheeky monkey, James. You took the question before I got there, mate, about the recurring, (laughs) recurring community in business. Now, how do you think, and just depending on what your experience is with the fitness industry, how do you think someone, especially as a personal trainer, is going to create a recurring service-based business for themselves? Well, I think it would be pretty straightforward. I mean, in your industry, obviously, a lot of gymnasiums have recurring fees, a monthly fee, for example. A lot of trainers I know are doing stuff like a 10 pack, you know, for the price of six or seven. So that might be encouraging bulk purchases, but maybe they can run boot camps where people pay a monthly fee to come to as many boot camps as they want. Perhaps they could create a nutrition or um, a a body measurement type uh, service or club where they're paying a subscription to constantly update their measurements. I know one of uh, my students is in the uh, deadlifting type market and they he combines it with an app where people can monitor their weights that they're lifting and he combines that with an education uh, forum and he's got thousands of members who are able to uh, compare their stats and benchmark and talk about diet and technique and they're all around the world. Mm. And I've got another client who's in the boot camp industry and he provides uh, basically training plans so that a fitness coach never has to think about you know what's new, what's out there. This guy can go and research it all and just provide it mm. on, a, on an ongoing basis. So think about who of your customers keep buying from you and see if there's a way that might be more convenient for them. Much like the difference between prepaid phones versus the subscription. Yep. It's generally just a lot easier to have to be on a plan where you're just paying ongoing and you get a better deal than if you have to buy, you know, keep topping up. Do you also think this really comes into and relates to how obviously um, say like a consultant or a trainer needs to package together their service as offers and rather just kind of having like a one-off but really selling it as a package and a program together and then having to be able to uh, yield the result from that. Exactly. I'd, th- I'd suspect a lot of trainers are just thinking purely on a dollars per hour mindset. Yeah, exactly. 
trading dollars for hour. And I, don't, I don't know too much about the market. I've only had a couple of clients in that area, but I'm guessing if they're like any other industry, they're thinking of what their training rate is per hour or half hour, and, and that's really their trading time for money. As soon as you start packaging services, you're in a better position. Imagine if you could have a package that is, say, $1,000 that a customer could order, but it also in- includes nutrition planning, uh, body measurements, um, uh, personal sessions with the trainer and accountability journals or whatever and then like regular checkups over a, a period let's say it's three months or six months and if someone were to pay that up front uh, they could then they could pay that or they could pay in part payments like three lots of $500 over three months but they get an all-inclusive uh, package that gives them the thing that the customer is really after which is a result yeah they don't want to buy a trainer's time per hour they want to buy a better body mm. they want to buy a fitter stronger body that people will look they want to buy admiration and acknowledgement when they're sitting on the beach in their bikini <laughs> they want to buy an extra half an hour when they go windsurfing or canoeing that's what they're paying for but probably a lot of trainers think that the customer's trying to buy them on the hourly basis and try and shift that from selling time for money to selling a result for money. And it may not involve the trainer at all. They might be able to sublet all of these components and just manage it. Oh, and I guess that's the beauty of it is actually scaling it and being able to step out of the business. Exactly. So how do you think um, someone can further their scaling of the business in a consulting sort of base service? Well, the thing is to work out packages that aren't time intensive, you know, whether it's online subscriptions, whether it's uh, selling an app, whether it is hiring or subcontracting things like dietitians and gym instructors and then selling a package where you get to pay all of the contractors and keep a profit for not actually having to do the work. So it's thinking about package design and the offers you're making. I guess it again, just leads back to actually giving the result to the person paying it because they're not, they're not paying for your time. They're actually paying for something um, that's going to make their life a lot better. Yeah, and it's not about more stuff. It's not about needing 10 hours in the gym. If you could promise someone the same ripped body with three minutes worth of exercise a week that you could also get if you spend three hours a week, guess which one the, the customer would choose? Exactly right. All right, they're going to go for the one with the least amount of effort. So you want to think about this from your perspective as a fitness trainer. What can I deliver someone that they feel absolutely fabulous with, that they feel they've got a tremendous result for their investment but doesn't involve enormous amounts of my time? Perhaps it might involve time, but maybe I could hire someone else to do those things. So with your experience with your clients and yourself, how do you find someone working in the offline world can use the online world and then kind of bring it back again? Some of the things I found are really handy is, um, you know, the tools that I use to run my online team would also work really well in an offline business because when you're, when you're offline, so when you're online and your team is scattered around in all different houses, imagine I've got 50 people in my business and they're all in a different location. We have to have very good culture and very good communication and very good routines to make the business run. If you were to go to most normal businesses, they usually have a terrible routine and poor communication, even though they might be sitting in the same office uh, or in the same suburb. It's generally the, the closer we get, the more complacent we get with our systems and our routines. So I think having really solid routines and communication uh, rituals is a great way to get better results from a traditional business. 
I think it's beautiful. So how do you think, let's, let's start at the top of the funnel for the trainer. How do you think they should start bringing in their leads that you see working? I think they should see where their leads are already coming from and do more of what's working. Perfect. And then how do you think people should start putting them through the conversion process? Well, I think it's a matter of, you know, if you take the own the race course approach, I think it'd be a great idea to build a database. So for me, I like to collect an email address. I also think in your field, an SMS might be a very handy tool, but you'll want to be capturing details of prospects. There's people who have expressed an interest in what you do and you want to have a way to move them into a customer. And generally you'll do that by making an offer and the offer should be so compelling that they can't refuse it. So I guess a big part of how the OTR works so well, kind of like swinging it back around is obviously producing top quality content and being able to leverage that content into giving you the end result. So how do you think content or what sort of trends are you seeing lately that content's really starting to be powerful with? Well, obviously you have things like infographics. They seem to get shared. Uh, In your market specifically, I'm absolutely certain that pictures of food and hot bodies and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff works really well for that that market. Workout poses, gym equipment, uh, food, uh, you know, funny memes that, uh, that mock weight powder and all this sort of stuff. I think that stuff would be pretty popular in your space. So finding things that people could share, but also I would be doing lists, you know, like seven foods you should never, ever eat unless you want to be obese or seven health foods that are really going to make you fat. Uh, so things that are maybe counterintuitive that, uh, that are very, uh, curiosity-based yep. that, that compel people to want to surrender an email address to get this report. And from there, you're in a perfect position to continually update people when there's new information and to let them know about your newest course or your newest diet plan or your newest ebook or your newest boot camp. I think a big part of it as well is also really being able to leverage the content that you already create. And I think that's something you've taught to your students so well is obviously Like, let's say, for instance, we're doing this podcast right now and what we can do is then put this podcast up on iTunes. You can run through other platforms. We can get this sucker transcribed, put it onto um, the blog post as well. Then we can turn this into an infographic from, say, the top, from the top pieces this content has in it, a couple of quotes, throw an image up there of, say, both you and I, and obviously then being able to get that out into the big wide world, make it work for us. Exactly. You can even take the audio and put pictures to it and make a video from it. You can make a slide share video out of it with PowerPoint. So a lot of places you can put the information so that you can hopefully capture the attention of the right person. You might also keep it as private content and you make it something that people can have a high perceived value in. You know, you could give it a sexy headline like uh, uh, join, join my uh, newsletter and receive some powerful insights from one of the top online business coaches so that you can double your health, uh, health business profit in the next 12 months and halve your workload, you know, and you could give it some supporting documents. So there's a lot of things you can do. In fact, if you want to take it to another step, when you're in on someone else's podcast, you can at the very least record your side of the conversation and have that transcribed and turned into infographics and you can leverage content that normally wouldn't have even hit your own website. And that's how much you can take the OTR concept. It's just, it's so powerful because there's so many ways to take it. And I think so many people need to get in this. Another point I think is really important that I've seen great results um, from implementing in my businesses is obviously the use of video. 
I think so many people are just afraid of getting in front of the camera and that's really stopping them being able to connect with the audience and being able to get them or get the audience to act the way that they want. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think your market's extremely visual and, you know, you could do like what you've done and hire a model to be your Skype picture, <laughs> get some, some ripped strong guy, you know, and you could have an avatar. <laughs> but I'm joking there, folks. That probably is you, Chris, is it? That is me. Yeah, you're quite well built. So I imagine that carries a lot of credibility in your market. So if you do happen to have a body like Chris Duffy, you'll definitely, you'll put it everywhere because uh, anyone who who's in that market is going to instantly vibe with that. They're going to know, okay, whatever this guy's doing to get a body like that, I could probably learn something from him. So the credibility and the trust is there. So use image marketing in that industry, especially, you know, when you get into dorkier industries like software, uh, you know, different things might appeal to the audience like spreadsheets and calculators and apps. But in your market, there's no doubt that the visual medium is extremely uh, activating. Mm, absolutely. And I think a big part of it is like, I think for the trainer or like you have to be able to show that you walk the walk. And, and look, I've always said that I'm completely upfront about it. Obviously, I put my physique and health up as a top priority because I have to show that I can do it. And I think maybe say for an online marketer that they have to show that they bring in the dollars because that's also a big part of it. And, and they're going through it. And I think something that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk um, shows really well every time I listen to him, he's always trying to talk about that you have to earn your chops and you have to do it right. And I think especially in the online world, especially unfortunately that I see a lot of online coaches for the actual fitness industry, if I can actually have a bit of a whip at them, is they're actually not walking the walk. They're, they're not getting the results. And I know a lot of people that simply just aren't earning the money in their businesses and they're going out there and trying to teach people about that. Exactly. I think it's important to build up credibility and proof and to do it in an ethical way. And, you know, it's pretty easy to Photoshop a, a check or a screenshot of income, you know, so you've got to be very careful with how you represent it. But there's, you know, not much else says success than having successful students, uh, you know, sharing their stories on your site. I think that's a really great way. Yes, it works for you, but does it work for your students? And so when it comes to my higher level programs, I mainly feature my students just sharing some insights as to what sort of results they got. And that helps people be more confident that I'm the right person to help them because they can see, well, hang on, it's not just one guy tooting his own horn. Yeah. There's several other people here with their real names uh, on video talking about the program. And that's a very important element if you can generate it. And let's face it, most people have an iPhone. So if you don't want to go on camera, that's fine. Just get your students to say something nice about you and put them on your website. And I think it's completely true because um, for an actual physique coach internship that I and another business partner just ran, I actually got the camera out and then shot all of them actually having a bit of a spiel about what they got out of it on the last day. And that proven to be the most powerful tool to get sales for all the other courses because it just shows you straight up front people connecting through the power of video and imagery and actually saying what they've gotten out of it. And that's it better than any copy that I could have come up with. Exactly. And, and you know, the truth is more compelling than something that's fabricated. So uh, if you can, you know, quite often you'll be surprised with the way that people get results from your program, sometimes, you know, in a different way than you ever anticipated. And it, it's, um, it's a really organic and natural way to 
to speak the language of your market is mm. to have your actual market speaking the language and then other people just like them will really relate to that. So if, for that reason, it's important to get a good mix of your whole customer base, whether you have old or young, a male, female, different uh, ethnicities, different levels of advancement are all going to help you relate to the right type of customer. All right. Now, I'm going to go flip this on its head. This isn't what we've been talking about so far. I think a bit of your je ne sais quoi, a bit of your genius, James, is actually how you simplify things and also how you structure out your work and your planning. That's something that I've really gotten from you. So I'd love to first you to tell the listener, how do you think a business owner and entrepreneur should go about structuring at least their week and their day out? Well, for me, I like to partition things off and I was aware of this concept a long time before I could make it habit. But having a routine is what actually sets you free. And it sounds counterintuitive mm. by actually saying, yes, I'll be available on these certain times. It feels like, oh, now I'm no longer that free-spirited entrepreneur. But as soon as you say, these are the times I'm available, guess what? That means there's other times that are not available. So now you've protected time for you. So f for me, I like to protect Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday for me. And I schedule things for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And when it comes to scheduling, I'm even using a scheduling tool. It's called Schedule Once. And that's where people can book a time and tell me all the things that I need to know for that call in advance. And it automatically adds them to my calendar. So I'm now cutting out that whole to and fro of phone calls and emails. Now it just arrives in my calendar. And automatically, I just check my day in advance and I know what I'm in for. I, yep. Sorry. Keep going, James. Well, and another thing is uh, you want to be really seriously filtering the amount of inputs that you have because a lot of people are just spending all day responding to emails. And so for that reason, I really cut down how many things I subscribe to and who I'm prepared to take information from. And I keep it to the minimum possible so that I've got more time for thinking and more time for doing instead of just reading and responding. I think so. that's so true because people are just being reactive all day from the moment they get up. And that's absolutely killing their productivity because like I myself, I use time trade, say, with my scheduling. So, And as you said, it's so brilliant because I've got interviews I've got to get done. I've got um, calls I've got to do with clients and everything is completely automated. They, they have the link. They book themselves in. I know what's coming up the next day and I just take care of it. But I think a big part of it as well is also that routine that you touched upon. And I think something that's really made a big impact on myself is having a morning routine and being able to get um, the day firing from the start, not sort of getting behind the eight ball like so many people do when they sort of maybe jump on their email or their Facebook messenger and then the, the whole day they're just chasing their tail. And one of the secrets to getting a good start in the morning is to have a cutoff time at night where no matter what you're doing, you mm. say, right, that's it, computer's off, lights out, I'm stopping this. Because you know, any budding entrepreneur has probably experienced the 2, 3, 4 a.m. all-nighter where you think you're getting more done and just pushing over that hump. Yeah, but but you, ruin, you ruin the next day. You're just useless for the first half of the day. If you don't sleep in, you're not very productive if you're awake. And then you start to get on the, the old caffeine train uh, <laughs> to, you know, to, to jiggle some performance out of yourself. Which never I really liked. worked. No, I've really f found, uh, you know, I probably spend a couple of decades with not enough sleep and too much coffee and I've found now that I'm much more serious about getting a good night's sleep. I'm waking up without an alarm clock. 
you know, naturally. I'm feeling very motivated and productive. I'm doing physical activity every single day. I surf, so I'm always out surfing every day. It's part of the routine and I structure my work around that to make it, uh, to facilitate that. So I have big gaps in between my work sessions. I have a che- sessions, session in mid-morning through to lunchtime and I have a session mid-afternoon till the afternoon on uh, the Wednesday and the Thursday. And in between that, I've got lots of time for surfing and after that, I've got time for surfing and before that, I've got time for surfing. So I feel if, I'm, if I miss out on a surf, then I've compromised my day and I didn't plan it well enough. Do you plan it to uh, where the swell is? Yeah, you plan it around the tides. There we go. Now we're talking. All right, James. Now, before uh, we delve into the last couple of questions that I ask everyone on this podcast, what do you think is the most important thing an entrepreneur needs to focus on to actually get results? Doing the right things. Oh, very good, because that was a damn broad question and you nailed it. All right, last two questions. Just answer as quick as it comes to your head. What is your definition of happiness? Uh, The ability to have no compromise. Very good. And what are you grateful for today? Grateful that I managed some four-foot waves without injuring myself or my equipment. (laughs) Very good. All right. Now, James, how can the listener learn more about yourself? Because I know I'm going to see you in just over a month at your live event in Manly. So obviously I I want to give a plug because it's very well due. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. It's a fabulous event. Head along to superfastbusiness.com. Have a look at some of the posts there, lots of interviews uh, where we talk about all types of topics and there's a search tool there. I recommend you use the search tool, try a topic that you really want to learn about and I bet you there's an interview about it on there. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, James. I really appreciate you taking your time out for myself and the listener and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Chris. If you want to become the go-to, the leader, and the authority in your business, and you want a constant flow of new clients and sales all day, every day, go right now to TurningProAcademy.com. No more hype, BS, or wasted time. This is all real-world advice and strategies that the world's best use to 10x their businesses, generate more money, and get back their time. We'll see you next time on Turning Pro Academy. 